What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Activate Brand Purpose is a new book by authors Scott Goodson and Chip Walker of Strawberry Frog, the company famous for activating purpose inside companies and out. Activate Brand Purpose is used by some of the biggest companies in the world and shows C-level executives how to move from woke to warrior to grow their business and drive positive change. The insights in Activate Brand Purpose are supported by data from the first empirical study of purpose-driven brands called the Purpose Power Index. Activate Brand Purpose is available now on Amazon and Audible. You're listening to Planet Purpose from Inc. Magazine. Today's episode, Does Purpose Always Win? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Planet Purpose. I'm Scott Goodson, the founder of Strawberry Frog. I'm Yolanda White, the founder of Deo Women, a luxury loungewear line. And I'm Chip Walker. I head strategy at Strawberry Frog. On Planet Purpose, we discuss how companies can focus on their purpose and transform their brands. We'll be taking a look at ways purpose-driven companies could be achieving better outcomes by activating purpose to the people who matter inside the organization and out. We'll examine what companies are doing to achieve this while also offering insights and analysis on how they can improve. What's happening in the world, Scott? Tell us what's uh, the, going on right now. The, the CDC, otherwise known as the CDC, mm-hmm. which is based where you're based. Yes, Atlanta. Just so you know that. I do. So the CDC yeah. announced that kids as young as 12 can be vaccinated, that we won't reach herd immunity until children are vaccinated. Connecticut is the state that is leading with the most vaccinated, over 40% of the population. I think it's actually closer to 50 now. Oh, wow. Things seem to be headed in the right direction. In fact, the United States is sending vaccines to Canada and other countries. It seems like things are certainly turning around. Yeah, it seems like the number of infections is dropping everywhere. I believe it's good news as we head into summer that we are seeing, you know, more people get vaccinated. Um, Sports is in full effect right now. So... You know, as we start to think about this and how it relates to business, I just wonder how this is all going to affect business leaders Hmm. as we start to think about summer. Like, do you think we'll see the roaring 20s again? Like, what does this all look like? I mean, it's a great question. So, so interesting because I think, you know, we're talking about purpose and how, you know, there's a real business case for companies to lean into purpose. But to your point, you know, summer's here. People are taking the sweaters off, putting on the shorts. You know, the roaring 20s are happening. Are they just going to forget it all? Are they going to forget all the pain? Are they going to forget the, you know, the zoological disease that crippled the whole planet and just go back to their old ways? Or are they going to actually change? That's a great, such a great question. Well, you know, I I flew down to Jamaica a couple of weeks ago, or three weeks ago, I guess. And um, it was like pandemic never happened. 
the airline. It was just sort of like, yeah, um, you know, some people had masks on, but you could tell it was very much a party mode. The airline was a lot, seen a lot less concerned than what I'd seen earlier in the year. So, so I don't know. I think there may be a tendency, especially in some businesses like hospitality, to kind of go back to business as usual. Well, shout out to Delta because they make everyone wear their mask. And I had I saw them, I witnessed them having people put their mask on properly yeah. before we took off. So some are doing really good. And to your point, some are just going back to what we would call, you know, the normal. Well, you know, the other thing I wonder, though, in terms of purpose is that I feel like a lot of companies got a boost in terms of their reputation and image during COVID. You know, companies like, you know, Clorox or UPS or any of a number of companies who really, you know, you started to recognize this as helpful, right? But, you know, I wonder how long that will, that bump in their reputation will last if they don't keep things up. I I don't think it will last long unless they work on it. I Mm. would agree. So summer's the perfect time if you're Chip Walker to go to Jamaica and (laughs) anyone else can go to the beach. It's a perfect time to read books. And a new book you should read uh, is a book actually that Chip and someone not to be mentioned. Actually, it's mentioned. We wrote a new book during COVID called Activate Brown Purpose. Yeah, we did. Um, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to do a little uh, plug for the topic of the book, just because I think it's relevant to the to, to what we're going to be talking about a little bit later in that, you know, the, the book's called Activate Brand Purpose. And uh, it's really trying to fill the need out there in the marketplace for, you know, a, a lot of people have thought about their purpose. A lot of companies have thought about their purpose. Why do we exist? But they haven't thought a lot about, well, what do you do with it? How do we actually make it real and impact our behavior as a company out in the marketplace? So uh, that was the topic. And the pandemic was a great uh, time for us to, to be writing it. I think the book does a great job of making a strong business case for not just looking for your why, which is kind of like looking for your belly button. Once you find it, what do you do with it? <laughs> it's kind of like, what do you do when you found your belly button? You activate it. You do something to the people inside your company, your employees, the community within which you actually operate to your customers, other stakeholders, all that, really important. There's a lot of evidence to that. I think we're going to talk about the conundrum today between, you know, riding a wave of business growth, which we is defined as the roaring tw- the new roaring 20s, and driving positive change as a leader. Which side of the fence are you all leaning on? That's really the big question. And Scott, and we never can forget, it's good for business when you activate purpose, you right. know? So yeah. that's the piece Absolutely. that I think we can't underscore enough. Like this can help move, drive, build businesses that are sustainable and strong for the future. So I agree. I mean, I think the only people that don't agree are those tech companies in Silicon Valley <laughs> that like to divide us. Um, You're but going anyway, after tech in a strong way. I, I, like I just think they're the doing. only ones that don't want to be purpose driven. <laughs> they just seem to be profit driven. I don't know. That's my take. But so here we are today. We're here for our second show. Purpose Planet is back in your orbit. And we have another great idea from Yolanda. It seems like Chip and I never have good ideas, but Yolanda, you guys you have amazing have ideas. ideas. <laughs> but you know, hey, I'm at the top of the list on this idea thing. Listen, I think we need to talk about whether purpose always wins. And a little bit that sort of started rolling in my mind about this is that consumer spending is up. Consumer sentiment suggests that purpose has become even more influential in the purchase decision of consumers today. And it's probably even more important than some other business levers. So 
you know, the thing that's in front of me is that as a business leader, we're constantly challenged about if product or price or even placement really does hold a more important position in that hierarchy of how we begin to build our businesses out. So with that in mind, does purpose always win? And so, you know, I was just thinking about some of the brands that started coming to mind for me that really do lead with purpose. You know, we saw Tom's back in the day that really started that movement. But you Mm, see like Honest, that's owned by Jessica Alba. You see Rothy's Shoes. And even I started thinking about like entertainment companies like Tyler Perry, who basically will go and do like really great things in the community unannounced Mm. a lot of times. He doesn't even ask Mm. for any credit, but these are business leaders that are really starting with a purpose at heart. So I would Mm. love for us to get underneath, like when does purpose not win or when does it start to win? Like, what does that look like for you guys? If I understand what you're, the question you're posing uh, correctly, uh, Yolanda, it's that it's sort of, you know, you've got this fundamental business drivers, you know, things we've always looked at like convenience, Mm. price, performance, exactly all of these things, then you have this new guy on the block who's come in purpose, right? So exactly. just one triumph over the other, when and uh, under what circumstances. So a little bit different way to think about it is that maybe it's not an either or thing. At least that's the way I think about it, is that I don't care if you are the most purpose-driven company in the world. If you're not delivering on the fundamentals, people are going to find out and it's not going to work. You have to be competitively priced. You have to deliver convenience. You need, yeah. Exactly. But I think what we're seeing more and more is that given like the levels of competition and fragmentation, all that kind of stuff out there, it's really hard to stand out on that stuff. You know, look at a brand like Tesla. They deliver great performance, but they aren't even really competing with the other luxury cars. They're out in a different space all by themselves, which is, I think, where you want to be. Yeah, Hmm. I love that perspective. You know, for me, purpose, I mean, there's so many dimensions to this discussion, but I think on a very basic level, purpose has usurped brand. I think brand to many people feels superficial and almost irrelevant to some extent. I think it increases people's willingness to work for a company. If you work for entrepreneurial, purpose-driven companies, it's exceptionally high love of employment. So I think it's going to be a competitive advantage for companies to have a purpose to keep talent, recruit and keep talent, I think is going to be huge coming out of COVID. Yeah. I I mean, I love that perspective and I totally agree. People want to work at a place that is doing something good, you know, that they can stand behind that's meaningful. But when I started thinking about this, also, I thought from the mindset of like the average person who's going to the store and they have to begin to make decisions about what they want. And, you know, as our economy gets pressed, there's a lot of consumers, you know, who are like price is a very important lever for them, you know, so unless a company is doing something that's wrong, like you, you know, if there's something that they do that's wrong and they really break their values and they don't seem like they stand for any purpose, then I think they'll stop supporting the brand. But if everything seems like it's in place and it's a low involvement category, I believe it starts to become very routine and it's up for the company to say something meaningful in order for them to see how they're truly activating that purpose. Unless, of course, you... I mean, let's say everything being equal, right? Product placement and price are the same. Okay. Um, And one of the brands is equally cool 
but is actually helping people in the community, I think that brand would stand out and, and generate more. I agree. More. That would win every time. Yeah, but you know, but then it becomes, can you yeah. measure, and you said this, Chip, now that P is a part of the cousins, the family, however you talk about, can we measure like when and where those levers become important at any given time? And I think your challenge is you have to be firing off on all of them to be a successful business, of course, but. Yeah, you do. Yeah. But I, I feel like you're right though. In certain categories, they're, they're just, like bath tissue, toilet paper, which we had a client in that category. And it's a lot of ways, it's, it's extremely price driven. So mm. you could purpose yourself, uh, you know, uh, as much as you wanted to, but if you're not meeting some minimum price, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that you're just going to lose. But I can't even think of a brand that has a purpose that's in that category. We were trying to yeah, bring you one, but uh, it, it, uh, didn't, it didn't work <laughs> no, out. There's, who gives a crap? Have you ever heard of who, who gives a crap? The fastest growing toilet paper brand in the world is called Who Gives a Crap? It's from Australia. It's a purpose-driven brand, and it is absolutely killing it. What's their purpose that they're driving? They don't give a shit. I mean, they just, okay. seriously, no, they do, give, they do give a shit. They care. No, they're, they're all about sustainability, okay. and they are flying off the shelves. They're just out of this world. You got to check that brand out. Oh, I do. Um, no, I was just going to say, there, there's another situation I've come across. And I, I know, Scott, I know you have too. I don't know if you have Yolanda, where, you know, you're working in an industry where there are a lot of platitudes going on. Uh, I'm thinking about things like insurance and financial services or even healthcare, where like, we care about you. We're doing good in the community. Are things that they have been saying forever, over and over again, whether they've really been doing it or not. And I think at that point, if you're an entrant and you come in and you really are purpose driven, it's hard to break through that clutter and, and win on purpose just because people are uh, sort of, they don't believe it anymore. We have to be creative about it. You have to bring it to life with a funky, cool savoir faire, just like you do in more traditional branding. But you just have to take that deep caring that the organization has and bring it to life in a powerful way. If we apply as much creativity to that as we do to taking just a basic product and coming up with an ad, then yeah, you're going to galvanize your people inside the organization. You're going to galvanize all sorts of people, stakeholders, you know, the community, employees. You know, what's a good example of that? A good example of that yeah. using creativity to break through in a category that's that's uh, kind of purpose wash like is healthcare and uh, I think we we done an interesting thing with Northwell with uh, the way that they've approached higher purpose I don't know if you want to talk about that a little Scott you're closer to it than I am well the leadership is I mean it it, it emanates from the leadership of any organization Michael Dowling as is the CEO of Northwell is an absolutely extraordinary individual as is Ramon Soto who leads up their marketing communications they want to be a force to be reckoned with in health, but they don't see health as just limited to hospitals and taking care of sick people, which they do very well. They see this as about improving people's lives outside of the walls of hospitals. The way he thinks and the way he expresses himself on this whole idea of health is genuinely a leadership point of view that this country really needs to listen to. And that's why I think his whole organization is just firing on all cylinders. Really, Northwell's really extraordinary group. Yeah, and it really sounds like it's redefining holistic health in a meaningful way. And when you can hit on all those elements, I really do think it makes it a much more meaningful conversation for the people who it matters to. But when you talked about purpose, you can make it very interesting. I don't know if you've heard of Slutty Vegan 
which is, have you heard of Slutty V? So it is a company in Atlanta. It is a restaurant and they basically have all vegan options there. So it's, but it started with a vegan burger Hmm. uh, or vegetarian burger. And so, you know- And they're so good these days. They're so yummy. They're so good. But like, they've had fun with it. And although everything is kind of like, has a little, you know, risque name to it from the menage a trois sandwiches to the- That's great. But it's fun. And people like get their burger and they're doing something good for their body and their health and transitioning the way that they're eating. But they call it like being slutified, you know? So it's like- Why can't health be sexy? That's fine. It's totally good. So I just think we can talk about, I think people always feel like purpose is something that's heavy, that it could be boring, but it can also be fun and exciting and create that movement in a really breakthrough way. You're seeing such an extraordinary growth in that space. Obviously there's Beyond Meat, there's Impossible Burger. I don't know if you read on Saturday that Drake has invested in a faux chicken company that's a plant-based chicken company. So you're going to be, yeah. So, you know, Chick-fil-A hopefully will be launching a new Drake chicken (laughs) (laughs) maybe but you know we won't go there to eat it because we're questioning their values in a bigger way but yes well that's a that's one to your question uh, does purpose always win yolanda i mean chick-fil-a is an example of a company that almost lost on purpose yeah they've got uh, those who support them in their mission which is um it's something it's a kind of a religious purpose it's something about to glorify god in all we do or something to that effect Uh, and there are things that they do that sort of fit with that they're closed on sunday because they believe in that that makes sense there's uh they, they have ways that they treat their employees i think in some some instances that that really reflect that the ways they try to treat customers they say they try to create like a culture of care So I think they are making efforts, but I think this legacy of their anti-LGBT stance that they've taken, and, you know, they've tried hard to back away from that in the subsequent years, but I don't know, something like that, you always wonder in the back of your mind, well, have they really backed away from that? And I think it takes away from their whole purpose story. Mm. Does it, do you think it also hurts them from a business growth perspective? Because I know they tried to open their first store outside of the US in London and it opened and it closed. And I, I don't know, Chip, if you know about it, but I, my understanding is there was people that picketed the store. What happened there? I don't know all the details, but I, I do know outside the United States, they've had some trouble of being associated with those issues. Having said that, mm. inside the United States, they outstrip the traditional quick service restaurants like McDonald's by a long shot in terms of growth, same store sales, all that kind of thing. Uh, and I think to, to your point about what's more important, purpose or underlying fundamentals like product. And I think a lot of people just really like their product. And um, some are willing to overlook some of their purpose uh, outages because they want a chicken sandwich. To that point, though, can you talk a little bit about purpose as it relates to, let's say, a political point of view? Because as you're describing Chick-fil-A, obviously they have a clear purpose. That purpose may not be as popular with, let's say, Democratic voters, mm. but I would assume some Republican voters or many of them might like that. Do you, in your experience, Chip, are there a division of purpose? Is purpose only a like a Democratic mm. strategy or is it actually applied to everyone? Well, I think that we're seeing over and over again in data that comes out, not, not just from us, but from Pew and other, other uh, sources, 
that they're increasingly like brand partisanships, partisan brands. Yeah. Uh, there are brands like Chick-fil-A, uh, and in the data we have from our study called the Purpose Power Index, clearly skews more towards right-leaning, more Republican or Republican-leaning folks have more of an affinity for a brand like Chick-fil-A, whereas more of sort of middle left to the left have much more affinity for a brand like Patagonia. So mm. there's just a truth about that. I, I heard the CMO of Patagonia speak and uh, was asked the question, do you feel like you're alienating some people? And she said pretty much, well, yes, we are. And you know what? We don't care. This is what we believe. Yep. And mm. we think that there are enough people out there who agree with us that we can build a fantastic business while being true to ourselves. So there's that point of view. You have other folks, which it looks to me like what Chick-fil-A is doing is that they were pretty um, opinionated and probably a lot more right-leaning under their old CEO and had all the anti-LGBT stuff going on. It feels like they are trying hard to walk away from that and get get more, be more in, in the center. That's what they're trying to do. And the question is, do we give companies the opportunity to grow in their purpose? So if they did have one stance at one particular point in time, and as they begin to become more aware and understanding, do we as consumers give them the space to grow and allow them to fix their wrongdoings? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I really want to forgive Chick-fil-A, but it's hard for me as a member of the LGBT community. It's hard for me to yeah. do that, but I really do yeah. like their chicken sandwich. And I do feel like, <laughs> I do feel like we got to honesty. Let, we got to give people a chance to improve. You know, we can't just yeah. put them in that a box and expect that they can never change. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that we're living in a time when, first of all, company leaders are actually standing up and having a point of view that as a starting point. We saw first a uh, full page ad in the New York Times by several uh, black leaders in this country that came out against the way the voting laws were being changed in certain states. And then following that, we saw you know the leaders of Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines come out against what was happening in Georgia. And then there was you know, like, I can't remember, 40 or 50 CEOs of the largest companies in the country come out against it. So we're starting to see, you know, CEO activism. Well, at one point of clarification, some of these companies are speaking out because they're forced to. Like in Atlanta, Coke and Delta were asked to share their point of view about where they stand. And that's the shift that you're seeing in our country today is that consumers are no longer allowing companies to go activate and sell their products in their community without having a point of view of what's happening. And I will say, while some of the CEOs are having a voice, in some cases, they're really not saying much at all. It's kind of like we heard from Coca-Cola on the voting legislation that was passed. He was disappointed. But does that mean that there's a role that Coca-Cola will play? And that's the piece that we have to figure out. Where does it start and end? And how far will companies go to really make a stand about what's happening? Whereas the baseball, what was happening here in baseball? They actually um, didn't allow for... Yeah, they moved the All-Star game. Yep, yep. So mm -hmm. that's when decisions are, well, if this city, if this state will not be supportive and do the right thing, then we need to take our business somewhere else. And those are the big statements that I think consumers are looking to see happen. It's clearly a different world for a CEO. I mean, 20 oh, years yeah. ago, you just had to be good at, you could be a, <laughs> you know, a CFO that went in and managed the money. Now you've got to be like a pilot. You know, you've got to know wind speed. You got to know how high you are. You got to be able to deal with issues. You have to have a point of view. You have to have a point of view as yeah, a CEO. But, but that they didn't teach you at Harvard Business School, you know, like, 
how do you develop a point of view? They teach you how to make yeah, a lot of money. Exactly. Well, then, Scott, how would you explain like the business roundtable coming out, which is all these CEOs, and basically saying, you know what, shareholder is not king. It's got to be stakeholders. Like, So why are they doing that? Mm. I think there are leaders in this country, like Doug McMillan at Walmart and others, who see the changes that are happening in our society and feel that they're very bad for business. You know, as a business leader, for me, purpose is not like an independent variable. It is one that's dependent and rides through every single element. So it influences price. It, in, it, it influences my supply chain. It influences the way I activate. Like for me, it's not like an individual standalone variable in my like business model. It's integrated as a thread in everything that I do. So that's the piece that for me, purpose always wins because if you do it right and it's integrated into your business model, as you said, Scott, it's a part of your core strategy that's in fully integrated, then you're always activating a component of purpose underneath what you stand for. I think a lot of the entrepreneurs that are starting companies are starting with purpose. I think yeah, they get absolutely. it intuitively. These legacy companies that have been around 100 years are using purpose to transform themselves. There are obviously bumps in the road. It's not as easy. So when I talk about the tech companies needing to find their purpose, I really do believe they're going to have to do that quickly. Or the politicians like Amy Klobuchar are going to find it for them. That needs to be our next show. Yeah, it's interesting, though, mm. because you see people like uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who came from Harvard, and I'm sure a very kind of uh, East Coast elite and uh, now a West Coast mentality, which are often, you know, sort of woke and all that kind of thing. But we saw him, I feel yeah. like, especially during the Trump administration, kind of just move right away from that and start doing whatever was expedient to help keep their revenue going up, up, up. It was interesting to see. They could have shift. had a choice. They could have made a choice to make the world a better place. They could have mm -hmm. chosen to drive that positive change. And it's from the outside, it feels like they made the choice to generate profit. Exactly. Yeah. The next topic. Yeah, that, that was a great one. Um, well, let's take a Quick break, and we'll be right back. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Planet Purpose. And uh, we're going to end the show today with our segment called Jump Ball. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go. Okay, go ahead, Chef. Okay. I was about You're jumping. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Sorry. No, Yol <laughs> Yolanda, sorry. You Go ahead. Listen, you know, Scott has my head spinning about all this technology stuff, and I feel like we're a little Zoom fatigued right now. So I basically found a new software called mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it gives you the ability to activate your Zoom calls in a much more dynamic way. So I oh. literally have been doing these virtual fashion shows where I'm able to show women walking down my virtual runway and oh. I'm still a face there describing, explaining the product. And so they really saw the need wow. that everyone was on Zoom calls. And the fact that when you would have Ooh. your presentation, your face would get really small on the side in a box. 
this is a platform that integrates the two. So I just love that there's a company at the forefront wow. really figuring out how we transform these virtual experiences. And we've been able to take that into a selling, you know, selling retail customer experience that makes it much more exciting and fun and engaging and really sexy, like loungewear, you know? That's a great one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, Wonderful. jump in, fellas. Let's go. So uh, this is a book I wanted to recommend. And uh, I don't know if you can say I read it because I listened to it. Is that the same as mm. reading? I'm, That's I'm reading sure. in 2021. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you when That's you buy a record, even though <laughs> yeah, it's on Spotify. Exactly. Anyway, whatever. so I listened exactly. to this book. And it was fascinating to me because it's by a guy named Kevin D. Williamson. He's actually a he's a correspondent for the National Review, which I don't know if you guys know. It's a pretty cons very conservative uh, publication. It's one of the most prominent mm -hmm. uh, conservative publications. But he's a well-known writer. He wrote this book. It's called Big White Ghetto. And the subtitle Ooh. is Dead Broke, Stone Cold Stupid, and High on Rage in the Wilds of Real America. Wow. So this guy takes <laughs> a, a very- title. Well, he goes out and does an almost like uh, ethnographic study where he just goes out across rural America and just talks wow. to people. And he kind of gives you a view into sort of uh, rural America and particularly white rural America that you don't always, uh, I, I don't think you get almost anywhere else. Like he talked about part of the economy and parts of uh, Appalachia being driven by basically selling cases of Pepsi back and forth. That's what they used in, instead of money. Talks a lot about the opiate pandemic and I, I don't know. It was just a very eye-opening view into a, a part of the world that we don't always hear a lot about. And he's a, he's a good writer. I, I recommend it. We should have brought, we should have had him come in and help us write the I title know. for the show <laughs> that with that title. Long. Exactly. Long and provocative. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So this week I read a book as well called Clara and the Sun. It's the first new novel by Kazuo Ichiguro since he was awarded the Nobel Prize Literature. It's a lovely story about a robot named Clara. And you don't know it's an artificial friend until a little bit later in the book. But what's eerie about this book is how it brings us face to face with our changing world through the eyes of an unforgettable little narrator. And she's obviously, you think she's a lovely young girl exploring her world. But what it really does is explores a sort of fundamental question. You know, what does it mean to love in the age of technology and artificial intelligence? Uh, mm. Fascinating. Um, so it's been really fun, both of you, Yolanda, Scott, fantastic. Thanks for amazing. taking out the time today. Yeah, great show. Yeah, before Next we week, Chip, you have to come with a topic. Okay, I, you know, I've got one. Or Yolanda can come back with a hat trick. Exactly. Now, I, I've got All a topic that. that I'm dying to talk about. So until next time. But between now and then, one, I wanted to give a shout out to folks who helped make this possible. We've got uh, Avery Miles, our producer. We got Brian Cornelius, our video producer. We've got Josh Christensen, our engineer. Blake Odom, production assistant. And uh, Umama Mahood, our marketing director, all of whom we could not have done this without. So, so thank you all. Well, thanks for tuning in to Planet Purpose. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Scott Goodson. I'm Yolanda White. And I'm Chip Walker. Planet Purpose is brought to you by Inc. Magazine and Strawberry Frog. Also, we want to hear from you. Email us at podcasts at inc.com and let us know how your company is coming out of COVID. And if you have any ideas or questions for us, 
We'll take them up in the shows of the future. And if you like the show, please leave us a rating or a great yeah. review. Oh, yeah. So if you like the Purpose Planet, if you like to be in our orbit, in our solar system, or just touching down for a brief moment, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave us a rating, a review, and share it with your mom, because she deserves <laughs> purpose too. <laughs> All right.